0: To the brightness within you, and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Thursday.
1: Today is October 15, 2015. I'm Michelle Pache, joining in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200- 4169. Press 1 and it puts you in the queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen and deepen your practice. So now let's welcome all in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness.
2: Well, how are you, young lady?
1: I'm doing well today. Thank you. Missed you yesterday.
2: Yes, I certainly appreciate you guys taking over the show yesterday. I uh, had an appointment to spend some time with my daughter and my granddaughter, and things got a little complicated, so I'm still in the big city of St. Louis, absolutely beautiful, probably 75-degree, bright blue sky, sunny day, it's absolutely beautiful, and I'm still getting to hang out with my granddaughter. I'm the caretaker day, while mom is at work, so Adeline's right here with me, she's eating some, eating some baked cheese curls, and uh, we're just having fun this morning, reading stories, and drawing pictures, and making smoothies, just generally having fun, so that's what my day's looking like so far, and what a blessing to have a day, what a blessing to have another day, And appreciation fills the air. And appreciation extends to our thanks for everybody who chooses to join us. Every day that you choose to join us. And in particular appreciation to you, Michelle, for your willingness to take on the switchboard. Well, Jean's off in New Jersey. She's actually on a shuttle bus right now, going from the New Jersey airport to the Pocono Inn and the Poconos to do a women's Intensive. So she's on the road. Just talked to her a little while ago. She's traveling on a bus with about 40 other women, and she's going to be leading this conference this weekend along with two other speakers. So we'll hold the space for her to just have an awesome time. And, of course, our work, the work that she's there to do, the work that we're here to do is to support the understanding of the first century Aramaic forgiveness process, which is all about how you take charge of and change the contents of your mind. People find themselves uh, playing the game of everybody else being responsible for what's happening in their minds as though someone else could possibly cause something to happen in one's mind. And when we get stuck in that uh, belief that somebody else is responsible... And the unfortunate net effect of that belief is that all of a sudden we can't change what isn't ours because we believe it belongs to somebody else. Believing that something that's going on inside of you belongs to someone else leads you in a place where your mind has to make up a world where everybody else is responsible for what you're feeling. And, when it makes that world up, you'll experience it. it won't be true, but it will be your truth, and the mind will hallucinate literally a whole world of pictures, a whole construct that everybody else is the problem in your life. back about mm, probably six or seven years ago, one of the hottest interviews that I ever did was in Tampa, and they had a i think it was a twelve or thirteen minute segment on uh, Fox television there where it was a news, uh, a lunchtime news segment. And it was a place for people to call in and express what was going on for them. And they asked me to host that. And I asked the question, what makes you angry? Because of course the whole believes if they're angry, sad or afraid that somebody else makes them angry, sad or afraid. So we start getting calls from people and they tell me about how their child isn't doing what they want them to do or their parent isn't you know, doing what they want or their boss isn't giving them a, a raise. or And they just go on and on and on with all these circumstances and situations. And actually Fox told me at that time that it was the most called-in show they had ever had because we got people stirred. Because in essence, each time somebody would call in, I'd say, well, you know, I understand you believe that, but it's not true. What do you mean it's not true? Of course they made me mad. I said, like, well, you know, tell me how long you've known that person that you said made you mad. I've known that person for five years, and they've made me mad ever since the first day I met them. It's like, well, okay. Let me ask just a slightly different question. The mad that they, quote, unquote, make you, did you know that man before you met them five years ago? Well, yeah, but what's that got to do with it? Well, notice that they weren't around. The person you think makes you that way wasn't around six, seven, eight, ten years ago when you were in that mad. How could they be the cause if you knew that quality of mad before they came along? Maybe that quality of mad is something your mind produces. And they were just like, whoa. So it stirred a lot of energy. It was fun. And then take that to the next step and then recognize, you know, if, if you're listening to the show now, your mind has probably already said, oh, yeah, my wife, my son, my father, my mother, my spouse, my husband, you know, my boss. If you said that, follow that. Just just play with me now. Follow that with when my boss, my spouse, my child does this, they make me sad, mad, afraid, Or glad or happy, doesn't matter, it's all the same. And you'll notice that each time you're sad, mad, afraid, angry, whatever it is, notice that each time there's something that you want from someone. Well, I wanted my boss to give me a raise. I wanted my child to be obedient. I wanted my spouse to do what I wanted them to do, what I asked them to do. I wanted the government to do this. I wanted Charlie to do that. Notice that in each case where you say somebody made you something, it was always when you wanted something from them that they either could not or would not give you. When you recognize that, and you recognize that it's always a goal that's being frustrated that brings up your hostility or fear, that goal is the key way with which you get to heal your mind if you know what to do with it. Well, what do you mean, Michael? Well, there's some interesting Harvard research that says that in a time frame where 10,000 brain cells fire, the maximum amount of data that you can be aware of in that time frame, which is about a 25th of a second, is nine bits of data. So there are 10,000 measurable units of electrical activity going on in the brain, and your mind only shows you nine bits. What is it that determines which nine bits of information you get to see? Something has to drive that process. Guess what drives it? Your goals. When you load a goal and somebody refuses to fulfill that goal for you, that goal recruits or gives the mind permission to use certain data to build your world of pictures. So when you say, you made me mad when you wouldn't wash the floor, the goal for them to wash the floor, the driver that causes your mind to produce anger in building its perception. Now, One of the questions that Jeannie always asks at the opening of a workshop is, how many have ever done something they regret? Of course, everybody kind of laughs and puts their hand up. And notice the state of mind. Notice what you were feeling when you did what you regretted. And of the tens of tens of thousands of people all over the globe that we've asked this question of, 100% of the time, The answer is always some form of hostility or fear when they did what they regretted. If you load a driver, a goal that causes your mind to use hostility or fear to build its perceptual guidance system, then your guidance system being linked to hostility or fear degrades your intelligence and you're pretty stupid and you do things you wish you'd never done. You say things you wish you'd never said. The thing that drives that process, once again, is your goals. You know, if I had a goal for Charlie to give me 20 bucks and Charlie wouldn't give me the 20 bucks, I might say, he really makes me angry but he won't give me that money that he owes me. If I had a goal for Charlie to give me 20 bucks and Charlie gave me 50 bucks, would I be angry? Well, no, he fulfilled my goal and then some. Are you getting the picture that your goals are an important part of your perceptual system and drive the whole process? In the ancient Arabic language, the word forgive is shabag or shabak. And properly translated, that word means to cancel. So, recognizing that if you've got a driver, a goal, that's linking to hostility or fear in your mind, then you compromise the quality of your perceptual system. It's going to give you poor guidance, and you're going to do things you wish you hadn't done. And my granddaughter's asking me a question. Let me just see what she's saying. Excuse me, I got a munchkin here. You can do it. <laughs> so, the word shebag means to cancel. And in order to collapse degraded perceptions based in hostility or fear, the way you do that is you cancel the goal that's driving the process. What happens when you cancel the goal that's driving the process is that whole perception collapses in on itself. When it collapses in on itself, it creates a pathway into the hidden content. The the world of psychology pretty much says that 90 to 95% of all of our mental processes are unconscious. Obviously, if a mental process is unconscious, and it's driving your behavior, you're not functioning very consciously. When that reality collapses, when that perception collapses as a result of canceling the goal, what happens as it collapses in on itself is you get to drop into the hidden part, the unconscious or the dissociated content. In the ancient Aramaic, it was called the heart when you drop into and can access that information that you normally keep hidden from yourself and you access that information from a space of love, the active presence of love begins to dissolve what didn't belong in the mind in the first place. Dissolving content, removing content that doesn't belong in the mind in the ancient Aramaic language was called forgiveness. Now, when you recognize what I just shared with you. I'll I'll offer that it took me 30 years to come to understand that. I was teaching the canceling goals 35 years ago, 37 years ago. And I knew it worked, but I didn't know how it worked. I can now explain to you how it works. So if when you hear that, it doesn't make 100% sense first time out of the shoe, that's okay. It's probably going to take some time to build the brain cells to comprehend it fully. But I'll just offer that in every situation, you know, you turn towards your child and you go, oh, you should. You stop and you go, you should what? What's the goal? What's driving my perception that I would dare grit my teeth and turn up my nose at this tiny creature that I cherish so much? What drives that process? The should that I had for them, the goal I had for them. Now you say, but, Michael, it was a perfectly good goal. It's something wonderful for them. It will be helpful for them. It will be powerful for them in their lives. And I say, I got it. I agree with you. But it's no good for you if it causes your perception of your child to be based in hostility or fear. So the most awesome, wonderful goal in the world, if it recruits from the contents of your mind, hostility or fear, And that enters your perception. Your perception is degraded, it's defiled, and you're going to do things you regret. And so what we're looking to do is to open the space to change that dynamic and to actually engage in the process of forgiveness. Addie's sitting here, and she's got the disgust doll from uh, Inside Out. We went to see the movie Inside Out yesterday, and we've been talking about what kind of things are running the mind. Is disgust running your mind or fear or anger or sadness? Or is joy running your mind? And it was kind of cute because Addie this morning, I gave her those at about 6.15 this morning, and when it was time to wake up her sister, who's a few years older than she was, she went in with the joy doll and the dolls talk. So she woke her sister up with joy, saying phrases in her ear. It was pretty cool space and a pretty cool way to open a conversation about waking up in joy. And then she played the sadness doll that says sad things and the fear doll that says fearful things. And so it was pretty sweet and pretty cool. And, you know, these if, if you haven't taken your child or your spouse to see Inside Out yet, go do it. Go do it today. Get a set of dolls, and if you find yourself or your spouse or your child in anger or fear or sadness or disgust, hand the doll to them or pick the doll up. If you find yourself in anger, grab the doll, hug it, and hold it, and, you know, love on your anger. And then ask yourself the question, what's driving this anger in me? Am I willing to cancel the goal that drives this anger, sadness, fear, rage, guilt, grief in me? allow myself to drop into that part of the mind and bring healing to it. When you begin to do that, watch how quickly your whole generational patterns start to, pattern starts to turn around. It's absolutely awesome. Inside Out, as we've said many times on the show previously, in my estimation, is one of the most important events in human history. It's important because it shows in true living color and Dolby sound, simply the truth about how the mind works and how healing works. And it's done in a cartoon form. Why is it so important? It's done in a cartoon form that every mind on the planet can, number one, access it, and number two, I'm thirsty. and Kristen, or Addie is informing me that she's thirsty. Give me just a second, sweetie, and I'll get you a drink. And so... It informs anybody who's willing to listen, helps them to build the brain cells for what's running their minds at the moment and how to heal what's running their minds. Powerful, powerful film, powerful process. And so we're honored and delighted that you're here to share with us. I'm honored and delighted to be here with this little munchkin who's in another month going to turn, you know, it'll be her fourth revolution around the sun starting. And uh, it's certainly a, a privilege. And, Michelle, is Dr. Tim with us today?
1: Yeah, Michael, he's here. Hey, Tim, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Did you think about your, awesome. your question from yesterday, Michelle?
1: <laughs> That's what we're starting with? Well, look at that, a hand up, five, five six ones on the board. Um no, I, I um, really hadn't intended to re-listen to the show. Michael, did you get an opportunity to listen to yesterday's show?
2: No, I have not. I've been pretty tied up with this bunch. Of... Um,
1: I got a um. Tell a me lot about of Tell right. me about it. And the the people in the chat room were um, saying it was a really good show. There was a a new person who has a their own radio show on uh, Block talk radio and they happened upon us and they were like, Wow, this is a really good show. We're gonna mention you in our show and and I got some talks from, from people who some clients of mine were listening and they texted me that they were crying. And I and I inquired and it was um Tim when you were kind of sharing some of the um, your perspective about perception and and kind of working both negatively and positively in terms of seeing. Remember, you were talking about, you're not really seeing me, you're not really seeing me, and so that really touched home for some people and resonated um, some deeper feelings.
3: Yeah, I think that part of the show comes in at about the 30-minute uh, mark, if anybody's interested.
1: Did you go back and re-listen,
3: Awesome. Oh, yeah, a couple times. There, there were some things flowing there that I wanted to be able to hear again, because sometimes when I'm in the moment, I don't really even catch everything I'm saying when uh, Ruka is taking over.
1: Absolutely, it was, it was quite apparent that that was happening. Because I, I know, um, I was like locked on, and it was just almost like a channeling. There, it was very. So, Michael, I would, I would uh, say, if you've got some extra time, that was, it was worthwhile.
2: Awesome. Sounds like right on track. And I certainly identify with that, Tim. There are times when it's like, where did that come from? I didn't know that before now, <laughs> which is the beauty of having somebody present the
3: right question. Yep, and then we were we were blessed with a question yesterday, too, to help clarify some things on the worksheet. So it was a, a, a very nice show. Cool. Well, anything else to share about it? Uh, yeah, go back and listen. Um and uh and there was a a point in time when Michelle said something got triggered for her but there was also a caller so she deferred to the caller and now she doesn't remember what it was. So Michelle if you go back and listen and your question is still unanswered, well, I'd be happy to to have another go around to see if if Ruka can answer it even better. So
1: Awesome. No, I'll I'll take that on because I my intention really is to I'll move it from intention to, to goal. How about that? And we do have somebody with a hand up. So would that be okay, awesome Michael? 10.
2: Thank you for taking the show yesterday on such short notice. Much appreciation. And yes, let's talk to our caller.
1: Okay, great. So this is area code 561. Who do we have uh, seeking? Where are you calling from?
4: I am calling from Boca Raton, Florida. My name is Michael Coughlin. <laughs> hey, man. Good to hear your voice. Hey, guys. How are you doing?
1: Good.
4: It was cool to see your
2: post about the uh, support group the other night, and uh, certainly we hold the space for your friend that passed and, and for your Thank process you. as you're going through it and holding the space for that friend.
4: The group is going um incredible I mean we have gotten we got a core um group of folks who are coming in out and uh we got other satellites that come in sometimes, and you know we got the folks who wanna dip their their uh, toe in the pool and they're not sure whether or not they wanna stay so uh, we're doing a lot of good stuff as a matter of fact we've we are encompasss the um love exchange we have actually this week. Uh, this month, we worked the long sheet, the 11-step worksheet. Um, that seemed to go over very well. Um, we're going to, uh, I think next week, I'm going to um, bring in the secondary purpose. Um, I think that might help them a lot. So we're going to, I'm going to read mine and uh, maybe do the first half of it, first hour, go over some of the ideas of secondary purpose, and then the second half, we'll do a worksheet after that. So we've really been, we've been backing into them. We've been doing them on ourselves. We've been doing them on an emotion. We've been doing them on a goal. Um, it is absolutely incredible to see the understanding. I have a young man. He's uh in high school. Um I got to go to high school football games. So that was pretty cool. He was, uh he, um so he's really getting it. It's just amazing how this stuff can go to any age. Uh, any age can, can pick this stuff up. So it's been pretty powerful. You know, we did, I did one. Matter of fact, uh, I had, uh, you know, it's funny you were talking about children. You know, my birthday came and went and neither one of my grown children um, chose to call me. Uh, uh, Megan texted me and said that she couldn't talk to me because it was too painful. But uh, Danielle just ignored it. And in the past, that would have set me into, you know, a serious funk for a period of time. And, You know, I did a worksheet yesterday with a class, and it was all about it was all about uh, the goal, and it was pretty good to get through with that. And by the end of it, you know, the the re-goal was something as simple as that. uh, You know, I'll be here, and would love for them, and they must be in some form of pain themselves uh, in order to you know to feel this way. And it's and it's so amazing to be able to free ourselves of that bondage you know the goals that we think are elevate us they actually hold us down most of the time and so to understand that aspect of being able to free ourselves from the bondages of our own design our own goals that we make up for ourselves or for other people and and realizing that when our um, when our intentions which is the basis of making our goals are being pulled out to our fear or hostility um, filters and not our love filters, uh, then it makes sense that those goals are going to be disintegrative to our, our being and to understand that we have to have Rock, Montcuber, our love filters uh, in place in order to get good materials to make good goals. Goals themselves are not bad. Goals are necessary, but to twist those goals and to tweak them sometimes, like we did some tweaking yesterday with some of the goals, and it was just, and it was really, really incredible to be able to move these things back and forth. I think it's uh, it's amazing to see the it was funny, Margaret and I, my lovely bride, were going to take a break. I thought I thought maybe I'd take a break for the holidays and we were going to stop class from uh November to beginning back up in February. And the response and, you know, the guidance that we both received after I put it out there was that That probably wasn't a good thing. And then so we mentioned it to the class yesterday and everybody was supporting. They were like, We didn't know what we were gonna do on Wednesdays. It was it was quite the trip. It was really was. So so how are you guys doing?
2: We are rocking along here. Of course I'm getting to spend time with my daughter and my granddaughter and my son in law, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. I would I would love to, you know, for people who don't have a context uh to put this conversation in I would love to uh to just share a paragraph and then I have a specific thing that I'd ask you to share mm-hmm. from an earlier show that you did back a couple of years ago so I'd like to share the post you created uh yesterday and uh just just to give people a context for for the kind of shift that happens in in people who choose to do what, what you're doing to do your work. Mm-hmm. So Michael's uh, post was feeling sad yet grateful, lost a shipmate to the next voyage beyond. And here's such a powerful piece, Michael, for me, and such one that just fills my heart with gratitude. Love, life is too precious to live a moment in fear and hostility. Withholding love from others is a waste of our time. I'm grateful for being awake enough to know we need to love while they're here with us, you only have now to love. Blessings. mean, that's such a, a huge piece of wisdom to hand the world, Michael, that I'm just filled with gratitude at the opportunity to read it. And my thought was that perhaps, again, to give people who haven't met you on the show previously. You know, Michael's been on the show quite a few times over the last four or five years. But um,
3: perhaps to give
2: a context to the kind of shift that takes place, maybe you'd share what your hobby was when you retired and came back from the military, uh, that uh, hobby you used to have going into certain parts of town. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a different world, isn't it?
4: Yeah, a little bit. I I used to. I was on 26 year event. Uh, I had a serious rage issue. Um, when I retired, I jumped in. Before I retired, uh, my last few months, I tried to commit suicide. Uh, I found myself uh, unconscious with a broken rope around my neck and urine in my pants. I jumped in a bottle. I was drinking up to three-fifths a day. The hobby that Michael is talking about is I I would go into the bad neighborhoods, the crack neighborhoods that... Uh, early, early in the morning, and I would walk around. And I had no, absolutely no desire to to find drugs. I was hoping that somebody with bad intent would jump out and I could relieve the pain within uh, onto that person. Um, I started to do this work with Michael, um, like he said, five, six years ago. And at first I thought he was uh, full of something. And uh, I, I was very resistant to it. And my bride, um, thank goodness for her, she was she really bought into it. So together we started to do this work and the monumental shifts that have occurred within me are um visible to most people. I when I say most people, I would say there's people who know me for years and have said they, they um they didn't know me. Um my bride after years of of being together, um you know we're finally at a place where we enjoy each other's company on such a such an emotional level and on such a deep level that other people can see that. You know, I'm able to handle things now um that I could never even begin to, to handle. I hate it in such a such a manner. I hated everything. I hated me, I hated the world, I hated God. Um And it took me a long time to do this work. You know, Michael talks about fear and hostility. And I tried to work. I kept saying I wanted to get rid of my anger. I wanted to get rid of my anger. And I would ask Ruker, God, Holy Spirit, the one mind, to remove my anger. But the truth of it was I did not want it removed completely. I didn't want to surrender completely. It was okay to remove it around my bride. It was okay to remove it around certain people in uh, certain situations, but I wanted to make sure that I could pull it up for defense, I could pull it up for offense to protect myself, to protect other people when I needed it. And the universe doesn't work that way. If I'm going to surrender myself to the good that is there, then I have to surrender something completely. Uh, I have free choice, Uh, the universe knows that I have free choice. And if there's a part of me that chooses to hold on for whatever reason, then it's not going to be removed from me. And it was when I realized that holding on to hostility and fear was strangling me and that I had to be willing willing, to release that completely and allow the powers that be to remove that from me. It would be the only chance that I would have to have true healing and by doing that 2 years ago I went up to Hotland and it was the first time that I truly discovered um an intimate relationship of what love was to me w- within me and that literally I believe saved my life cuz I had gone up to Hotland I was on a walker I was uh, I had a um, growth a nerve tumor that was doing some pretty bad things to me and um I was on incredible amounts of pain medicine. They had me up on, on methadone at that point in time, just so I wouldn't fall down from the pain. Um, I was able to run by the time I left Hotland that summer. I was running up and down the hill. I was swimming across the lake. Um, my bride was almost cried when she when she picked me up, and uh, I picked up the walker off the off the um, cafea belt with my luggage rather than walking off the plane with it. Um, that's the that's the the incredible power that removing fear and hostility from the body, from the energy system because we forget how much that, that emotion can physically manifest itself into screaming to be healed, screaming to the universe to heal me and I ignored it for so long that it almost killed me, cancel the thought. But it allowed me to see have such an opening and now as I continue on this path, listen, I stumble. I, I get mad at times. You know, I'm on ai am on a, what is it, maybe two weeks, two-week news blackout. I put myself on a news blackout because it was starting to trigger my anger. or was starting to trigger old thoughts and old feelings. So I just said, okay, listen, for, for two, three weeks, I'm just not, the world can go on without me. Uh, a dear friend from Hotland, Susan, two years ago, told me that my watch was over, um, that I'm retired now, and I need to let other people take over this stuff. I can't save everybody. So that was a really big part of it. So now, you know, things are – my life is completely different. Listen, if I – I I was the guy that would jump out of a moving vehicle on the road with my bride in the passenger seat to go beat somebody up while on crutches. and, and, and they wouldn't get out of their car because I would I would have such energy of negativity and fear inside me.
2: Now Michael, I don't
4: know whether to laugh or to cry right now with what you're sharing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, just listening to you is just like evokes such emotion, such tears of joy for me. And and then when you share that one, it's like, <laughs> oh
4: my God, Michael. <laughs> yeah well, you talk about in order to heal, I had to be out of my mind and and when you and and it's true and as a person who did did offensive things in the military, you are right. if I go into battle and I am angry, you have to be your anger has to be very cold, it can't be overwhelming if you're cold and calculated, then you can survive if you're in a blind rage, you're going to be dead. And I know for a fact that when I am triggered into anger and hostility, I am a moron. I can't see the gifts that are before me. I, I, my, my, pain goes. I mean, there's so many different things that will happen with fear and hostility. Um, and I know. Listen, I was diagnosed with um, post-traumatic stress. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I used to pick up my drugs from the VA in a grocery bag. I mean, I, I was on hell, I don't know, 10, 12 drugs at, at once, one, at a, you know, one time. And since then I have worked my way off a great majority of them. I take, I, I take one for uh, pain, one for sleep and one for, you know, during the day, but that's it. And even that I, I've worked down to bare minimums. Listen, if you're out there and you're, you're looking at this work and you're saying, "Oh, this is some tree hugging BS," listen. It, it, as you don't work it, it's tree hugging BS. But if you take it as your own, and like I said, willingness. In fact, in class last night, I wrote willingness across the board. You know, Michael's thing is all the above. My thing is willingness. Um, how how can I make this work? I had a I had one girl last night ask me, <laughs> ask me, "How long will it take?" And, and I just broke out laughing. I'm not there yet I don't think I'll ever be there yet but that's the journey that's the journey I mean when you realize that something that would literally put you into a spin when my daughters would not call me on my birthday I would be depressed until I don't think I would really come out of this baby until new year because then they wouldn't call me on Thanksgiving, and then they wouldn't call me on Christmas, and then they wouldn't call me on New Year's, so I would be depressed for all that time. Why? 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 What a shitty way to go to the holidays.
2: Only only one reason. Only one reason. There's
4: depression in you (laughs) when you shovel it out, you're done with it. Exactly. So now, I mean, I was sad the day afterwards because, you know, one of them said, so call me tomorrow. Today was two much. I was a little sad that that didn't happen. But you know what? It's them. It's what they're carrying. And I have offered these tools to them. One of my daughters actually came down and sat in one of my classes. Um, uh, Megan came down. She's the one who's going to be a doctor. She sat in one of the classes and was pretty interested in some of the stuff. But I get to live my life on a daily basis, in joy and happiness. And I get to see outside my world. Michael talks about, and there's been a recent change in in the teaching, about painting the world. When when I'm angry, I'm painting the world in anger. When I'm fearful, I'm painting the world in fear. And, you know, I like this this aspect of the teaching um, because I find it to be true. I, I used to go to meetings. Uh, I'm a part of a 12-step group as well. And I used to go to meetings, and I used to scare people. They wouldn't sit next to me. I didn't have to say anything. They just wouldn't sit next to me. And I'm chairing this month, and I had a guy share that he wouldn't sit next to me. And, like, there are people who can't believe that now, that cannot fathom that I had such an energy that you wouldn't want to sit in the same table with me. I mean, I used to be able to scare people just looking at them. Bad people would walk across the street. They would cross from me. And I thought that was the way to live. Now I can walk through bad people and say hi, and they say hi back, and it's completely different. I'm able to help people. I'm able to see beautiful things at any moment, in any given day, in any given situation. And it's so much fulfilling to live life that way to live life that way rather be locked in a prison of my own making. And Michael's work has been extraordinary uh, in in this thing. And if you're new and you're on the outskirts, maybe you're dipping your toe in, listen, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Michael was full of crap. I knew that he was a snake oil salesman and he was a treat. First time I met Michael and he said, I am uh, you're, you're not going to believe this, Michael. I am blessed and highly favored. I thought he was full <laughs> of crap. Michael, I said the other day that I was blessed and highly favored. Woo! I said it.
3: Woo! I, I,
4: I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that crap you came out of my You actually said mouth. that to somebody? I did. I did. I did. remember
2: the first time I said that to you, and you just
4: curled up and turned your toes the That's... other way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, but I have to say, I am blessed and highly favored the universe of God is good to me because and that because I see it everywhere, I see the abundance of God everywhere when I came to michael i didn't even like God, never mind believing him. It was like I hate him okay i don 't believe him I hate god, i don't believe him. man, I am just enthralled with the beauty of everything, and just a small token. I laugh every day when When my bride wakes up, I see the smile in her eyes. But the greatest thing is, I don't just see the smile in my bride's eyes. I see my smile reflected back at me through her. That is the greatest gift that this thing has ever given me, to be able to breathe in beauty at any given moment rather than the crap that I was trying to breathe. Uh, this This is an amazing program. And if you... You want to live a different life. Listen, you can go back to the stuff you're in right now. I can, you can go back to misery. You can go back to anger. You can go back to blaming everybody for how horrible your life is. That will always be there for you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You want to try something else? Give this a shot. Give it a shot for 30 days. What do you got to lose? Give it a shot for 30 days. If you can't do the five worksheets a day, do, do three. Do two. Do one. Do it for 30 days. Honestly, with, with unabandoned willingness to see your nakedness, your truth that you are, and I promise you, you will never, ever go back to the way you were. But if you choose to, I'm promising you this. The, that crapsuit is there in your closet waiting for you to put it back on. And you will see life the way you see it now. But if you want to give this we a get shot. It. Go ahead, no- I was
2: just going to say, we guarantee double your misery back if you'd like it. <laughs> but once you realize it's optional, once you realize it's optional, like who would do that except in a moment mm-hmm. of stress? In a moment of stress where there's a goal-driving perception, and you go in, you forgive, you cancel the goal, and the next layer gets clear, and the next layer, and the next layer. And it's just, it's like as reliable as night follows day, you know. The earth is going to turn, and we're going to see daylight, and in you know, the next 24 hours, it's going to turn again, and we're going to see night, and we're going to see daylight. It's just Mm -hmm. what, you know, night follows day, and if you start looking at the goals that you hold, and with willingness, and, and a tinge of love in your heart, it's going to dissolve that stuff. It's just like, you know, it's that straightforward and reliable if you're willing to do it. Now, if you're not willing to do it, of course, it won't work in a million years. But uh
4: <laughs> conversation doesn't get better than hearing this one, Michael. Ah, I love you, brother. You know that.
2: Hey, I appreciate and cherish you in my life. And, and what you're doing in the world is monumental.
4: Man. Nah. Just a small pebble in the pond, bro. That's all. Small pebble in the pond. But you know what? If i I got to tell you this one more story. One more. Just to show you how crazy this stuff can be. We, You know, we've been teaching this off and on for four years. And at one point in time, we were literally teaching this out of uh, Panera. We were in Whole Foods the other day, and there was a couple who we had worked with uh, during that time in Panera. They're engaged now. They 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 weren't sure if oh you know them they came she came to young classes too but we they were they weren't sure if they were going to make their relationship they're engaged to be married now and the reason why Michael the worksheets the worksheets saved their relationship and they came running up to awesome. us and you know and I was like see the pebble I don't know how far that's going to go across the pond but obviously it came back to me. It came back to you. It was absolutely incredible. Well, I hold the space that the the pebbles
2: and, and as I listen to you, they're moving more from pebbles into small boulders. But <laughs> I hold the space. I hold the space for when those boulders are thrown into the pond of the wounded warrior and create healed warriors. And yeah, warriors that's a good point. who who have come back and like you have finished their term of, of service and it's time for them to just be free of it. And sadly this culture does not even comprehend the burdens it's putting on those young men and women and certainly mm-hmm. has no comprehension of how to help them remove it when they come back. And so I just see those boulders turning into mountains where we can support these people who have such trauma that they've seen engaged in from every point of view, and and opening the space for them to peel that off as you have, and you know, you're you know I I can't speak to those people the way you can speak to them. You can say been there, done that, and yeah. uh, I just I, I'm just in awe and appreciation for it. You know, there was a somebody who showed up at a workshop. This goes back maybe I don't know five, six, seven years ago, and they were really into Nostradamus. And they said that uh, there was a quatrain, and I have no idea, I'm not into Nostradamus, never have been, probably never will be, but there was a quatrain in Nostradamus' work that said that the warriors would come to Heartland to heal. And Mm -hmm. we're up to, you know, at least five or six significant healings, like the one you're talking about, of people who've Mm -hmm. been through that insanity. And, you know, my heart just wants to open for those who don't know there's resolution possible, and and give it to them. So, I, I just keep holding the space for that Healed Warrior Project to really in earnest begin, and we start dealing with these men and women in mass, and their families, their children, their wives, their husbands, their children who, you know. Genetically capture that trauma and then experience the environment when they return of that trauma, just expressing uh, unconsciously and without control. And so that's the
4: space I'm holding is for that healed warrior project. I'll join you with that one, my brother. I will join you with that. Well, give my love to your beautiful bride and enjoy your family. Give them all hugs. I love you. I'll do it. Hold the space for genius. She's
2: actually, I don't know if you're on at the beginning of the show, but she's on a bus on on her way to the, uh, the Pocono Inn to do a women's intensive. So hold the space for her to do that. Oh, she's going
4: to be awesome. She's always awesome.
2: Yeah, she is. She's, she's doing some amazing, maybe she shared what her presentations were and the way she's, you know, the twist that she's giving it from her Mm -hmm. genius is just amazing. So these ladies are in for a treat and, uh, And I'll look forward to seeing her when she gets back on Tuesday. I bet you do.
4: All right, brother. I love you.
2: Okay. Blessings. Much appreciation. Much, much appreciation. Uh, Same here. Conversations don't get bad in that one. It's, uh, It's pretty amazing. So, you can relate to anything that Michael just shared, anything that Tim shared on the show yesterday, the tools are here, you know, take them, use them, you know, whatever your trauma is, I mean, unless you're addicted to it and feel like, you know, I can't live without it, I need it, you know, it's my identity, you know, oftentimes in the workshops I ask the question, how many have ever been to an organ recital? And people think about you know somebody hitting the keys on an organ, but no an organ recital is how many have gotten together with people who talk about you know the next organ they're having removed or the last organ they had had removed, and how theirs was the worst the doctor's ever seen in the identification with trauma and and it's a false identification if we're if we're living in a world where we've identified with trauma, we're suffering from a case of mistaken identity. When you reclaim your identity, those things are to dissipate and disappear. And that's what these tools are about, and that's what we're here to support you doing, is dissipating and disappearing. Literally, the very capacity for any form of trauma. And as that is done by each individual, an energy field moves out, literally, that links with other individuals. And as that field links up with each person who does that work, it strengthens what in quantum physics has been called the field of possibility. Right now, the field of possibility for trauma, for rape, for violence, for war, is rampant on planet Earth. All you have to do is tune into the television set and get your fill of the realm of possibility. What we're working to do is to strengthen the field of possibility for 7.5 billion people forgiving their pain and their trauma, that is removing it, as Michael was just talking about, and living as the awesome human beings that we are. You know, If you've ever held a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is. We want to support you being restored to that. We're not going to re- restore you to that. You're going to restore you to that. We're going to offer you tools and support for doing it. And if you do it, it will happen. It's not a might. It's not a maybe. It's not perhaps. If you do it, it will happen as night follows day, as I said earlier. It's just the way it works. Now, does that mean it's over yesterday? No. Does that mean that in 10 minutes you'll be finished? No. No. As Michael said, he's not finished. I've been doing this work for almost 50 years now. I'm not finished, and I've had people who've dissed me for that. Well, you've been doing this work for 40 years, Michael, and you're not finished. Well, you know, then this work must not be any good. Well, when you start to realize that what we're carrying in our genes is the thoughts, the feelings, the realities, the memories of a 1,000 generations, and that that's what tends to resonate and make up, the world that we see between our ears yeah it's going to take a little time to undo it as Michael acknowledged he realizes there's more work to be done but when you look at the quality of life when you just start scratching the surface of your work it's in in no way shape or form in anything that the world has ever taught you is that conceivable or possible There was a man 2,000 years ago who knew exactly how to create that result. He gave us tools. We've been decoding those tools from the first century Aramaic, and here they are. You're welcome to use them, free. Go to our website, whyagain.org. In the center, scroll down a little bit, you'll see a bullseye. Click on the bullseye. It'll open a whole series of links to how to engage in the forgiveness process including at least 16 or so shows where we've walked people through the whole worksheet process. Now, this isn't a wimp's work. We're not saying this is going to be easy. This isn't going to be a cakewalk. This is going to take committed work. You're going to get to face things that perhaps you've never wanted to face. And some of those things won't even be yours. They'll be things that you inherited in your genes. And as you choose to crack open... At dissociated mind through forgiveness, you will access to the level of your strength what you're able to process out. As you build in strength, you will process deeper and deeper and deeper layers until you literally are able to scoop in and remove everything based in hostility or fear from your own life and the lives of your ancestors. You will free them of that energy and you will free your descendants from having to live in that energy because you passed it on to them. Well, what if my children have already been born and I passed it on to them? Do your work and watch what happens. The people around you begin to change. Things shift. And again, it's a process. We're here to support you in that process. And, of course, the reason we're here, five days a week, an hour a day, and I certainly appreciate everybody who participates in making this radio show possible, and not only making it possible, but carrying it out. Tim, Michelle, Jeannie, Rex, Itzy, the list goes on. There's Michael, I mean... doesn't get clearer than that so much appreciation for everybody and of course if you're on the phone and you have a question for us we're down to about four minutes so we've got time for a question uh michelle is there anybody with a hand up in the uh, phone queue or anything happening in the chat room to be aware of
1: no quite in the chat room and um several callers but no hands
2: up okay um
1: well then have a quick go ahead as you were speaking about the results when you continue to do the work and and how it affects other people around you i um I invited a client last October when you were here. I had introduced um the work to him maybe six months prior, but then when you were here for the lectures he um he came several nights and he's Begun breathe. He began breathing. Then it was the le- last October. Um, very faithful. Like an hour every night. It's part of his ritual. Um, his affirmation. Is that the soul point
2: process. You mean?
1: Yes. Yeah, every.
2: Cool. Night. It's, awesome. Um, he
1: he knows. He can't wait to. Um, I try. I'm I'm encouraging to consider February. So what the the funny thing is is his wife's career is taking off like an epic, like national awards, flying all over the country, um, accolades, promotions, grants, and just, you know, money and and fame and fortune. And and he's like, what the heck? Because he he understands the dynamic, but it's just so funny because all this amazing stuff is happening to his wife. And so... uh, He's, he's, I said, just keep, you know, keep at it. You know, your turn will come.
2: Cool. Well, you know, when you recognize that we are energetic beings and that when, and this is a piece of the puzzle that's often hidden from people, when you intercourse with someone, you take on their genes, you give them access to yours. Then as you clean up your structure, you open the space for the structure of everyone who's linked to you genetically and or everyone on the planet who has the same issues to also open and clean up those same issues. So that's the uh, the simple uh, up and down of how it all works. And, of course, if anyone is, is ready and wanting to take your work to the next level, we're down to just the last minute or so, so I'm going to close the show up, but I'll just say that as Michelle just mentioned, February – We've actually got two intensives happening, especially if you're up there in those frozen northlands, come February. The whole month of February, we're going to start on February 1st and do a nine-day codependence to interdependence. That nine-day is going to stretch out to a 16-day. So somebody who can only do nine days will do that. If somebody can do 10, they can do 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 or the full 16-day laws of living codependence communication practicum. Then we're going to take one day off, and we're going to jump into our 16-day laws of living. So from February 1st to March the 4th, we're going to have an opportunity for anything from nine to 32 days of intensives. If you'd like to join us, we would be honored and delighted to have you come and join us. We've got the big, beautiful, uh, luxurious house that we'll be doing it in. Nice big seven-bedroom house, we've got room for 12 people, and I think there's Four or five of those spaces gone in the uh, in the first intensive and uh, a couple of spaces in the second one. So, so if you want to join us, touch in, let us know. We'd be honored to have you join us. In the meantime, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Thanks again, Tim and Michelle. Blessings.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie who present that internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Thank you